This is the weekly sermon from Church of the Holy Trinity, a Reformed Episcopal parish in the Anglican Church of North America in Houston, Texas. Find us online at holytrinityrec.org. Find us on Facebook as Holy Trinity Houston, and on Twitter and Instagram as Holy Trinity REC. Enjoy the sermon. That we may be established in the truth of thy holy gospel. This line in the Collect Prayer for the Collect of the Feast of St. Mark the Evangelist speaks of God's ongoing work in our lives. Life, as we know, is full of conflict. As Christians, we face constant friction from enemies seeking to tear us away. Ultimately, our Savior Jesus Christ, that Mark the Evangelist wrote about in his gospel, defends us from all of these attacks. The early church depicted the Gospel of Mark using the image of a lion, one of the four creatures of the prophet Ezekiel in the book of Revelation. Such is apt in speaking of God establishing us by his loving defense. The Gospel of Mark depicts Jesus, if you will, as the lion, the lion of Judah, on a rapid pace to defend his people. The gospel shows how Jesus went throughout all the promised land to defeat all the various facets, if you will, of the fall of humanity in the garden, starting with resisting Satan's temptation in the wilderness, to defeating demons, healing diseases, healing broken people, healing blindness, healing the deaf, calming storms, raising the dead, feeding scores of people, and ultimately the defeat of sin and death at the cross and his resurrection. This morning, let us focus on our lessons for this feast day of St. Mark the Evangelist and how they convey to us how God establishes us in the truth of his holy gospel. To begin, we need to be aware of what preceded our theme, the following from the Colic Prayer. Give us grace that being not like children carried away with every blast of vain doctrine. Part of being established in Jesus Christ is knowing first what holds us back from being established. Vain doctrine is described in the collect as anything taught or held to in contradiction to Jesus Christ and his word. Sure, plenty of vain doctrines out there say that they believe in Jesus, but they all turn Jesus into one made to conform into sinful man's ideals and has nothing to do with the Jesus as presented in Scripture. This line in the collect comes directly to us from the epistle for this feast in Ephesians, which goes back in history to ancient times and is unique for this feast day with English Christianity. Ephesians 4.14 states, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. All false doctrine, all heresy are based and grounded in human sin, in human cunning and deceitful craftiness. Some have crudely stated that uh, preachers need to have the skills of a used car salesman. Rather, I think the phrase should be modified to say, false teachers should have the skills of a crooked 
used car salesman. John 15, 6 reflects another element in the prayer to give us grace not to be carried away. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. The lack of abiding occurs when we're swept away into sin and vain doctrine and do not return. The remedy, as we know, is submission to Christ. This help of God through the Holy Spirit convicts us of our sins and the areas of false beliefs that we harbor that undermine Jesus Christ. The Colic Prayer for the third Sunday after Easter states that we may avoid things that are contrary to our profession. Our profession, of course, is what we believe in Jesus Christ from Scripture, of our, the fact that we follow him, that we believe his teachings, that we believe he is who he said he was and is. God has given us his word, wherein we learn the difference between the good of God and the evil of this wicked world. A life committed to seek God's help to expose our darkness and to then repent and seek his grace to forsake these areas of darkness is key in an abiding life in Jesus Christ. This moves us to the theme of our message that God gives us grace to grow and to be established in Jesus Christ in his gospel. First, all we are in Jesus Christ is by the grace of God. It's not by our merits or something that God noticed within us to attract him to us. He alone comes to rescue us through his son, Jesus Christ, to save us from being dead to sin, to now being made alive in Jesus Christ forevermore. As we read in the Old Testament lesson today in Isaiah 62, verse 6, On your walls, O Jerusalem, I have set watchmen. All the day and all the night they shall never be silent. You who put the Lord in remembrance, take no rest. The body of Christ, the church, is appointed by God to be watchmen on this side of eternity, to be on the lookout for sin, false doctrine, heresy, schism, human cunning, deceit, and vain doctrines. As we focused upon last week with Jesus as our good shepherd, the idea of watchmen is another way of seeing how God protects us as his church. We read of Jerusalem and Holy Scripture throughout as a picture of the church. As a great city of the ancient world, Jerusalem had walls and forts, as most cities of the time did, to guard against outside attacks. Walls and forts, though, are worthless. They're worthless if watchmen are not present, if watchmen are not fulfilling their duties. We as God's people, all with differing roles in the ministry, serve as the watchmen. Verse 11 of Isaiah 62 states, Behold, the Lord has proclaimed to the end of the earth, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your salvation comes. As we celebrate this Easter season, salvation comes through Christ alone. Part of the role of the watchmen, of the shepherds of the church, is to keep this truth of the gospel at the forefront. Often in sinful human cunning and deceit, Jesus, as the way, the truth, and the life, is eroded in favor of saying that Jesus is merely a way, a truth, and a life among many equally legitimate options. Or the notion that we are sinners and dead in our sins is such 
is eroded to say that we're merely hurt a little bit by the fall and we're fully capable of picking ourselves up, healing ourselves. The watchman, the church, is tasked with continuing to proclaim Christ as our salvation in Jesus Christ alone. We are called to thank God for what Isaiah 62 verse 12 states, and they shall be called the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord, and you shall be called sought out, a city not forsaken. As the watchman, the call for all of us as the church is to own this truth, that we indeed are the people of God, the sheep of his pasture. Again, the cunning and deceit of vain doctrine seeks to plant lies within ourselves, that we are our own captives, and that we do not need God. We only need self. But Christ's body the church is his and his alone. Without this truth, we would be nothing. We would be hopeless. Vain doctrine seeks to spin us off into despair through trusting self. The scope of the people of God is found in our psalm today in verse 15. The nations will fear the name of the Lord, and all the kings of the earth will fear your glory. The great commission of Jesus Christ from Matthew 28 calls us as the church to spread the truth of the gospel everywhere we go, for his church to be established in all nations amidst all people. Part of the work of God to bring us in as his people is that he does, as we read last week, about the good shepherd, that he builds us up. As verse 16 in the psalm states today, For the Lord builds up Zion. He appears in his glory. God does not save us to set us up for a time to then leave to make us fend for ourselves. No, he works throughout all our lives, throughout all ages, generation to generation, to build up his holy people, his church. As we read in verse 28 of the psalm today, The children of your servants shall dwell secure. Their offspring shall be established before you. The promise in Jesus Christ for his church is eternal. Generation to generation. Again, the role of the watchman, all of us as the body of Christ, is to ensure the protection of all parts of the church. From the oldest of Christians, yes, even to the infant. Our epistle in Ephesians speaks further of how God builds us up as his church. In verse 7 we read, But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. This grace is given to all of us as his people, baptized into his church by grace through faith. And in verse 12 of our epistle we read, To equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ. As the watchman We all in the church are equipped for the work of the ministry in varying degrees, various parts, to build up his church. This building up is both in quality and eventually quantity. If the quality is shallow, then we will be be prone to vain doctrine. Equipping is a lifetime aspect of the faith. We can never rest in this role in the ministry as Isaiah 62 verse 6 reminds us. There is no rest for the watchman. This is why the church calendar is such an important tool in the ongoing work of the church to teach us, to equip us, to remind us of who we are in Christ, to remind us the truth of God, that he has saved us. We could say the church year 
hones in on every aspect of the creeds that we profess, giving us a continuous teaching and equipping tool in remembering who we are in Christ and the ongoing mission to build up the church and also to spread the message of the gospel to evangelize the nations. Ephesians 4, 15, and 16 imparts a critical ingredient in the role of equipping, in the role of being watchful for all things harmful to the church. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow that it builds itself up in love. Without the love of Jesus Christ in our lives with one another, we are nothing. Sometimes in our zeal as watchmen for vain doctrines, we can become cold and unloving. The whole counsel of God's word is essential in the cause of staving off coldness. We must approach the word as a people that are always learning and striving to know his word, never thinking we've mastered it or are above it. God's word must, must ground us, humble us, and keep us grateful. The church of Ephesus, as outlined in Revelation chapter 2, one of the seven churches written to in this letter, was a church that did very well in the category of being watchmen watching out for vain doctrine and heresy. Yet Revelation 2 verses 4 and 5 provide for us a caution we all need to hear, heed, and remember. But I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. Repent and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place, unless you repent. Remaining grateful for God's love of us through all our situations and our lives, even when contending against falsehood, is critical. We often become sidetracked in contending for the faith by adopting worldly methods. As we know and see all around us in our own culture, worldly methods all seek to destroy opponents. Such attitudes stem from thinking we can do good without God, that we have it within ourselves to rely upon ourselves and our own cunning to defeat falsehood. Christ's way, though, is to abide in him, and he in us, as our gospel today in John 15 outlined. As verse 9 of that gospel states, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. And in verse 10, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. We need his help to contend against enemies as he commanded. Through the love of Christ, through loving them, through praying for them. In his love is key. This is not the love of this world that seeks nothing but self as the pinnacle. This is the love of Jesus Christ, as we read about last week, of the good shepherd that lays his life down for his sheep. In turn, to the help of the Holy Spirit, to us, the church, we abide in his love as living sacrifices. See, it's not sacrificial to destroy our opponents. That's the easy way. 
It is sacrificial to walk in his love through his ways over our ways, to present his holy gospel to all we encounter. May we as Christ church thank God for this great salvation we celebrate at Easter. May we pray for his help in relying on all he has given to us as his church, not to be carried away by false and vain doctrine. May we hold each other up in the love of Jesus Christ, equipping each other and building each other up through the love of Christ to his glory. May we ever be established in the truth of his holy gospel. Amen.